0: painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Do you like to write? Do you have an interest in weird things? How about getting paid? That's good, right? Well, today on Artbeat, Minnesota author Frank Burris discusses how to write about weird stuff and make a living at it. Frank recently held a writer's workshop at the Winona Public Library, and I sat down with him to discuss his writing career and how he got into writing about weird things. Frank also talks a little about his book, The Geography of Madness, Penis Thieves, Voodoo Death, and the Search for the Meaning of the World's Strangest Syndromes. So if the title of this book is any indication, we might be in for a wild ride. I'm Bill Stoneberg, Stick around as we step into a world of weird with Frank Burris on Artbeat. Before we get started, here's Frank reading from one of the weird interviews he's done in the past.
1: So this first dramatic reading I'm going to do is from my interview with The Plant Psychic. Um, I was working in a bookstore in Portland when I came across this little book that said Talks with Trees, a Plant Psychic's Interviews with Vegetables, Flowers, and Trees. And I just thought, wow, that's really interesting. You know, I didn't, regardless of whether it's true that this guy's actually talking to trees, he actually, he obviously, in his experience, is, is, this is real enough that he can write, like, a book about it. And, you know, just what would that be like to be walking around talking to plants and stuff? I just always love this, this exchange, and I put it on my website. So, here's, this is me saying, I, so I picked up your book and I had a look through it. It's pretty interesting. You talk to plants, and this, this guy's name is Leslie Carbara, and he says, well, I was doing psychic readings, channel readings for years on people and developing that. Then it occurred to me that plants are living creatures, and why not try doing it with plants? So, I decided I would try to collect 50 interviews with plants and make it into a book. I'd authored about a dozen, dozen books before that on graphic design. So you're a graphic designer? Uh-huh. So when you have a conversation, how does it start? Well, it usually feels kind of silly, and I pretty much always have doubts in my mind. You know, will this work? But it pretty much always does. I just start stroking a branch. Do you talk out loud to them? Yeah, both out loud and in my mind sometimes. It doesn't seem to make a difference. And of course, it's just impressions that I hear from them. In the book, I chanced upon Pam. Pam? Pan, the god of nature. The real Pan? Well, who knows? I think so. When you're on the street talking to a tree, are there people walking by? (laughs) Oh, that's in my mind. But you don't go up in the middle of a crowd and start talking to a bush. I mean, I have. I was in a restaurant once and I sort of stroked the bush, but again, that's just in my mind. I see. Now, you've brought a head of lettuce home and interviewed it. Did you eat it? (laughs) Afterwards, yeah. And of course, I may have asked questions about that. I asked several plants how they feel about being eaten, and that's when they've said things like, there's pride in being selected to be eaten, and we realize that this is our function. Do you mow your lawn? I've thought about that too, and sometimes I've said to them, sorry about that. In general, their attitude is, we don't like it, but we respect what you feel you need to do. They're very accommodating in that sense. Uh, Thanks for being
0: on the show today, Frank. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was just curious, you you know, when I saw the title of this workshop, I thought, hmm, making a living writing weird stuff, that sounds pretty cool. How did the idea for the workshop come about?
1: Uh, well, it came about when I was, I was talking about it with uh, Ken McCullough, who, uh, who I'd met down here, who's a writer in town. And, and it was, I guess, kind of his idea for the title. Okay. You know, which, um, I had to think about it. And I, it actually is pretty pretty apropos for, for the things, kind of things that I write about. I mean, I do write about some some not weird stuff. But, but I the stuff that I really like to write about tends to be on the weird side. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. And uh yeah, we'll get to uh you have a book uh, out that uh we'll get to that a little bit later too with the title. Yeah. Title kind of uh is a little strange. <laughs> but uh you're from you're are you a Winona native here?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Winona. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, cool. How
1: long have you uh been writing? How did you get started? Uh I've been writing for, for well, freelance um uh, since the mid-90s about and full-time since about 2005 so what is that uh, 15 years or something like that yeah so so that's how that's basically yeah okay okay
0: have you did you always want to be a writer or how did that come
1: about uh, not necessarily um, i didn't really know many writers growing up or know that, that was even a thing you could do i mean i did take one writing class in high school which um, i was going to talk a little bit about here and then uh, um but in college I took a lot of writing classes and, and kind of figured out that I liked it and and you know might be something that I could could possibly do right okay college is good for that
0: you know you yeah. explore different things and figure it out and uh, um, so you mentioned that you know some of the, a lot of the stuff you write isn't weird stuff. Um, what kind of writing do you normally do like essays sports poetry
1: what what do you go for I do kind of a lot of different stuff. I do some essays, some profiles, some uh, just reporting, straight reporting feature stories for magazines. Uh, I do some kind of narrative, first-person things. Um, you know, I do some travel, book book reviews, things like that. It's kind of all over the place. I write for different magazines. I write for Outside uh, Magazine, Men's Health, um, The Rotarian, I write... Lot for uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune outdoor section, nice. so kind of a bunch of different stuff like that.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Do you have a favorite uh, like type of writing that you do?
1: Um, well, I like essays. I like first-person narrative, I like storytelling, kind of travel sort of things. Those are that's probably my favorite. Okay. So,
0: you know, I'm always curious, you know, when people do something for a living that they seem to really enjoy or have a passion for, like, since it is what you do for a living, does it ever become like a chore? And if so, how do you get past that?
1: Well, as a writer, you got to mix in kind of the things that you can make a living at and the things that are fun. Those are usually not always the same thing. And so more, I mean, it is, it can be a little bit like that, but you have to also feel really lucky that you get to do it. And, um, you know, the hardest thing as a freelancer is just the constant hustle, you know, cause you're always looking for work and always doing work and always, uh, trying to finish work and, you know, the cycle never ends.
0: Right. Right. But that's, that's good that you gotta keep in mind that, you know, kind of count your blessings, right? That right. you do what you do. Exactly. So, and then another thing I always wonder about writers in particular, like, do you ever get writer's block, and how do you get
1: past that? Um, I don't really get writer's block. I probably have the opposite problem. I mean, sometimes you can't figure out how to write something, but as a deadline writer, you always have to do something, you know. There's a, a friend of mine, Michael Perry, says his his muse is a... Is a bald guy named Phil who sits down at the bank and holds his mortgage. So, you know, every time he has to think of something to write, he thinks about Phil and just keeps writing. So you do it because you have to, right? Kind of,
0: yeah. Does that help your writing, just the fact that, you know, just do it?
1: Yeah, it certainly it does. I mean, you, you do have to do it. And, uh, you know, it's a skill. It's not a... You, you know there 's a bunch of sayings about inspiration, how it comes to those who just actually do it i can 't think of them right now, but you know it's it's it is something that you just have to kind of force yourself to do
0: okay you know thinking about that, do you have like a writing routine to keep your skills sharp? I mean, do you just like is there a daily routine for that just to keep the brain going in that direction
1: uh, No, just like balls out panic that 's <laughs> usually the routine. Okay, fair enough. You know, light a fire, right? And then yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that's a way to get things done for sure. So, uh, you know, I want to get to this weird
1: part. Like, kind of, what
0: do you know? Something is weird. Do you think?
1: Well, That's a good question. It's kind of in the eye of the beholder. Because some, I mean, that was that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Is how you know. I mean, a lot of times something seems weird to us is seems totally normal to somebody else and, right. and is just accepted fact. Right. And a lot of what's, what we think is weird just determined, is determined by kind of what everybody around us thinks is normal, you know, and what everybody agrees is like the normal thing and the way the world works and stuff like that. And when, when somebody else lives in some other narrative ecosystem where they all think things function differently, then that just seems weird to us. Right. You know? And so I, like, as a writer, I like to kind of explore those those other worlds and see what it's like to live in them.
0: Cool. Um, which kind of leads me to your uh, uh, book that uh, you have out, uh, your recent work. Out. It's called The Geography of Madness, Penis Thieves, Voodoo Death, and the Search for the Meaning of the World's Strangest Symptoms. Or syndromes, rather. Um and that sounds weird enough. Huh? How did the idea for that book come? A- so you're going around looking at different syndromes that are real, or
1: yeah, the whole real imaginary dichotomy is a little bit tricky because um, a lot of things, especially with mental illness, a lot there's a lot kind of a blurry line between what we believe is happening and what what is happening in our brains, and there's kind of a. a a looping effect between what we expect to experience and what we actually experience. So, um, you know, it becomes a little bit hard to to disentangle those things. But but basically, I was looking at thing In the book, I look at different uh, mental illnesses that other cultures have that we don't have and then turn around and look at some that we have that, that other people don't have. So you know, and it, a lot of, like I said before, it depends on, you know, kind of how everybody thinks the world works and how everybody agrees, um, that this is something that could happen to you. Like this kind of, the main syndrome that I talk about in the book is called, it's called Koro or genital retraction syndrome, where people feel like their genitals are being sucked into their body. And it happens in parts of West Africa. It happens in China, uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, um, Indonesia, um, and it, each place has a different kind of explanation for what is going on but it's kind of the same similar phenomenon you know where people have this kind of death panic and their genitals are feel like they're gone or being are being stolen or being uh, manipulated somehow or something like that you know so yeah
0: interesting you know i mean reading the title of that and i you know read some reviews and uh, descriptions of it and it sounded like oh that sounds like a really fun read and maybe kind of humorous but hearing you describe it it sounds like well that we could maybe learn from stepping into another culture and the way you know yeah. things like that or, or or maybe both those things would be true right, right. <laughs> well let's hope so right <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> hope so. <laughs> yeah so you know for young writers out there um what kind of advice would you give them like a
1: like kind of a blanket like most important thing to remember or something like that um, it's hard to say. I mean, there's a lot of things to remember, but I think one of the things that, to think about when you're looking for story ideas and looking for stories that you want to write is just to remember that, you know, there's not some secret source of stories. Like the most, the the place where you get story ideas and ideas for stories that you want to write is from your imagination and from your curiosity and from seeing things in a slightly different way and from getting out of the of the sort of loop where everybody's looking at at the same thing and thinking the same thing and kind of getting in your own space and being able to think about things a little differently and come at things a little differently and that then you can come up start to come up with good story ideas
0: okay so kind of stepping outside of your own skin then
1: yeah exactly exactly. okay
0: so is it like maybe stepping into someone's shoes as well and like trying to see a perspective
1: for sure for sure yeah definitely thinking about things from someone else's perspective like one of the one of the stories that i I was going to talk about today was i interviewed a, a plant psychic who wrote a book about talking to plants and trees and stuff and you know whether or not that's true it's um just fascinating to imagine what that would be like or what that would feel like you know and so so it's active uh sort of imagining you know things from other people's perspective
0: oh cool that sounds fun <laughs> nice um so uh where can people uh, find out more about your work and uh um, i'm sure like amazon and stuff they can find your work but where can they find out more about you and what you got going on and coming
1: out um, I have a website It's just Frank Burris F-R-A-N-K-B-U-R-E-S dot com And uh, I put all my stories on there and, and I have a newsletter too That you can link to there So, so if you're really interested you can, you can check it out
0: Awesome, awesome So uh, go ahead and follow Frank online And uh, see what he's up to and, uh, and the book is out It's available I'm assuming on Everywhere you'd yeah. find your books online, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can get it at uh, Paperbacks and Pieces, or um, you can get it at Indie Next, um, or Indie Bound is a bookseller online for for independent bookstores. And there's also, um, of course, Amazon and and the usual places. Okay, great. Well, I'm
0: down at the Winona Public Library with Frank Burris, and uh, he's doing a workshop today about how to write about weird stuff and make a living at it. Thanks so much for joining us today, Frank. Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: I want to end with like an appeal on behalf of the weird things in the world and just to ask you to be open to the weirdness and don't dismiss the weird things, be curious about them, be open to them, wonder about them because if you already think you know everything you'll miss them all and there's, there's weirdness all around us and one of the great joys for me as a writer is to get to explore these worlds and to get to talk to people who experience it differently, and who've imagined it differently, and who've created it differently, and uh, I, you know, I want to know uh, what that looks like and what it feels like, because somebody's weirdness is somebody else's normal. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing I want these stories to do, it's just to suggest that maybe we don't know all that we think we know, and uh, I want them to create a sense of possibility, and a sense that the world might be bigger, you know, and more interesting than we than we knew.
0: Thanks again to Minnesota author Frank Burris for joining us today on Artbeat. To check out Frank's work, weird or otherwise, go to FrankBurris.com. That's Frank, F-R-A-N-K. Burris is spelled B-U-R-E-S scom For more conversations on art, tune into Art Artbeat, Tuesdays at 1230, right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've just heard from author Frank Burris on Artbeat. Art Beat is written and produced by KQAL FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org. Is art an important part of your life? Find podcasts of Artbeat and all your favorite KQAL shows at kqal.org. Artbeat is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.